Joining us on the program today, we have a couple of uh, Grady County State lawmakers with us from uh, House District 56. We have Dick Lowe of Amber. Dick, always good to have you on the show. Well, good morning, George. Thank you for having us. And you're very welcome. And also with us from Marlowe, House District 51, Brad Bowles. Brad, thanks for coming in. George, it's always good to be here. and appreciate the invite. You guys were very flexible in being able to come in uh, today and record uh, for our for our show. Uh, and it's off-season for state lawmakers for for general folks, but for you guys, we know that you guys, uh, you know, know that you are working all the time, even though you officially meet, what, four months a year or something. But it's a 12-month 12 12 job. Yeah, I actually told the governor I need a little more money in my budget because my yep. dictionary upper says interim means between two things. And uh, interim in my office means work your tail off. <laughs> so I told him we got to have a new dictionary. But, you know, I... I I can. I think I can speak for Brad on this also. That we both want to serve our people 100, percent and we do, and we go as hard as we go. Uh, I was telling somebody just a while ago that uh, I may be doing a little bit too much. I've seen my two grandsons four minutes in the last four months. That's not really the way to do that, but that's the commitment I have to it, and I know Brad's very much the same way. Uh, we, uh, you said interim, and I think you're probably alluding to the interim studies uh, that have been held over the last uh, few months, so we can get into some of those uh, at some point here this morning. So, uh, Well, yeah, yeah and, and also the interim is basically, when we call it interim, we're talking about in-between sessions. In-between sessions, yeah. So for us, that's June through January. But for us, we've had a special session in June, and then we came back in September with another special session. And, uh, and then also right now we have bill deadlines coming up. And so we're work, like right now, uh, we don't do bill filing until mid-January, but uh, we have different deadlines we have to meet prior to bill filing. And so a lot of us in the legislature, that's what we're working on right now in the background that people really don't see out in the public. But right now is really where a lot of the work's being done prior to the filing of the bills. And on top of that, we had the election. Uh, last month so that was all you guys didn't have to worry about that i know you're you're thankful for that god, god but, blessed uh, us god that's blessed right us. but you know that brings in new dynamics yes. uh, we have i don't know 15 16 new members in the house and probably six five or six seven in the senate so you know you bring in new members in the, the legislature and you have different personalities different policy ideas and different people on different committees and so that's going to bring in you know different uh, aspects of what type of policy gets created and you know maybe one policy didn't or did have the votes last year but maybe it will or won't this year and so it really changes things right and uh, for the, the for the first year lawmakers a big learning curve and i'm sure many of them will be calling on you for your your expertise yeah and that's you know i i kind of think back i watch them in the in the capital right now those are newly elected and i think about two years ago myself uh, gosh i was proud to find the front door in the bathroom and you know so uh, you try to work together and learn i have a freshman that is officing with me and i'm very excited to be able to help them you know there's just things Who's you that? uh actually it's uh representative uh, nick archer which represents uh for, he's from elk city comes back all the way from elk city comes in and in, in his district the lawn narrow district and all the way to El Reno, so he shares El Reno with me a little bit. But uh, just uh, having those that you can help, I think so much. Everybody helped us, and so we want to be that help too. Uh, and excited, I've got a kind of a new, whole new office aspect. I'm still in the basically same area, but I've got a new assistant, le legislative assistant, which I'm excited about. And actually, uh, spent a lot of time here in Chickasha, and people in, in this area will know her as Holly Fulton, and her husband Robert has a uh, is an optometrist here, and she is just making a super hand just. Uh, 
So just very, very excited to have her on on the team with me. Now, is that a, a position that you appoint or hire? Or is there, is there... Actually, we're they work with us, but mm-hmm. we don't actually hire them. We, we suggest who we want, okay. but they actually work for the House of Representatives. So I don't hire and fire, but I, she came, I had an interview with her, and it was quite obvious that she was the one that ought to be serving our people. Big egg background, and then, of course, that fits I, right into your mo uh, absolutely MO. we it's it's kind of funny because some of the others up there that maybe don't have quite the ag background to start listening to us and they said it's like watching charlie brown's christmas wah 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 because <laughs> they don't understand it but it, it's really good that you get to work with someone that you have that kind of closeness to that you understand the same aspects and and so we're very excited about that so i have a new freshman representative i have a, a freshman la and they've got me so uh, it, you know the lord needs to watch over them all right did you guys uh, rely on on your legislative uh, uh, assistance a lot and brad talk about yours they do uh, they do a great job but denise armstrong is mine and uh, she's been with me this will be uh, our third session together and uh, she does great i mean we think on the same page we have the same uh, alignment and uh, beliefs and policy views so that's always great and uh, my constituents always con- they contact me and they're like hey she does a great job and so that's very important because a lot of times if we're not in our office and people call our office, that's our first line of uh, communication is our assistance. And so it's important to have someone that you trust that will take care of our people in our district. But And they're there five days a week? That's right. They're there, you know, 830 to 5 o'clock mm-hmm. every day, five days a week. And, you know, and then also it's important when we have bills that we file, they also help us uh, navigate those through the process while we're doing meetings and this and that. You know, so they, they're very helpful and you know, one thing you learn up there is uh, one of your most important things is having a good assistant. I want to talk about uh, some of the bills you guys are working on as you get ready for the session that will start uh, in February. Yep. Uh, I know we'll, we'll get into the governor's reelection, and, you know, they've already got the inaugural uh, ceremony set up for next month. So, I know yeah, it's an exciting it, time. It is. It'd be my first time to get to actually go. Yeah. And so I'm excited about that. But uh, some of the bills, you know, each of us, and I know Representative Bowles and I, we work hard at trying to put only bills out there that are needed. we got plenty of laws. But so usually what we're running in, in year in, year out is trying to clean up things, make things better for the people. There's absolutely never been any perfect laws ever passed. Well, maybe one of my did, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but every, every law you pass probably has some cleanup to it. After you put it in, into place, you start seeing how it affects. Uh, this time I'm running a couple. Uh, I, I've got eight bills. We can actually run eight bills. Right. That's what we can run. And uh, I have all eight. I didn't know if I'd be using all of them. Actually, Ag has Department of Ag, which uh, – Secretary Blaine Arthur, Grady County girl, has, came. they came to me and asked me to run a couple of bills for them, did some cleanup bills on uh, uh, actually milk. And I'm not a dairy farmer, but but you have to realize in my district we have the biggest dairy in the state of Oklahoma being Brahms, so it becomes a, quite obvious that's one to run. I'm going to run a couple of education bills. Just common sense, you know, uh, right now our teachers have a, our base salaries. At 25 years, they're capped out, and they can't make any more on the base and there unless the school has extra money we're going to raise that 10 years on the bill i'm passing and, and I, we've seen nothing but everybody be excited that we can help teacher retention we all know that we're needing more teachers so if we can keep those good teachers in place that's very very big for us the other one is financial literacy 
We, we teach financial literacy, and I, probably everyone listening this morning has gone and, and worked with some people say, well, they don't understand money or understand how to do financial. Uh, it, it's, it's in our law. They have to, our, teach, our schools do teach, but right now they're teaching it anywhere from 7th grade to 12th grade. Our 7th, 8th, and 9th year, 7th, 8th, and 9th graders are probably not ready to learn about IRAs, online banking, credit scores so we're we're going to move that into the 10th 11th and 12th grade do a little cleanup add some things in there like online banking when this bill was passed there wasn't much online banking and pretty much it's all that way now and actually i talked with the uh, speaker of the house during the time it was passed and he told me he says thank you we needed to clean that up but we to get it passed we had to make it all the way down to seventh, seventh grade or we wouldn't have got it passed so that's why i go back there's no perfect laws we try to correct them and clean them up as we go Certainly, uh, you want the younger kids to maybe, you know, do the math. Because yes. that's what it's all about is, is math. So if they can get, uh, you know, one of those three basics in there, reading, writing, and arithmetic, that's what we like. So it's not we, what we're getting necessarily all the time, but the, yeah. we, we'd love to get back to those basics. I, I know we're trying. We're yeah. trying. But I think if we can get our kids, we, we I would love to have some type of financial literacy included in some type of class, not mm-hmm. a class on its own always time, but throughout third grade up. Anytime we can learn about financial literacy, it helps our, our people prepare to be out in the world and be productive citizens. So we're looking at that and kind of excited about that one as we're coming in there. And uh, But I know uh, Brad's got a couple of, of bills that are really exciting for me to see to come up. All right, so Brad, let's say get a quick review. Yep, I'll, do, I'll be quick. Uh, so I'm the chair of energy, so a lot of my policy is energy-related. And um, so one of those is uh, – which we have quite a bit of in Grady County, is a wind power decommissioning. Uh, we don't really have much regulations in Oklahoma on a lot of these windmills. Whenever they get to a certain uh, amount of years in service, they have to be decommissioned, or a lot of companies decommission them. Or if they go out of business, how does that process work? And so what we're working on is uh, working on maybe a certain type of certification. So if a company isn't uh, responsible for decommissioning a, a windmill, they got to meet certain qualifications because we've noticed in other states there's been a lot of issues with companies getting hired to take care of these windmills and take them down, but they don't do it the correct way. There's public safety issues. Some companies may go bankrupt, and then these windmills just stay out, and then uh, they're not safe. And so we're working on uh, with that with the industry and. Something that works for everyone. I guess uh, I just always thought that once a windmill's up, it's there forever. But uh, no, there's actually a life cycle. Of what that. is what is the? It average, depends. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> the technology now they're getting better. Yeah, and so the newer ones have a longer life cycle, but the older ones, I mean, you're looking at fifteen or twenty, fifteen to twenty years. Then they start, you know, either needing no up, they either start being upgraded or decommissioned, you know. And now the newer ones, maybe twenty five years, and so. But that's one thing we're working on. Also, uh, we're working on uh, some hydrogen stuff. Hydrogen's a new industry. Uh, in Oklahoma, we're working on being a leader uh, in the nation for hydrogen. And so uh, we're working on a hydrogen corridor, and we're also uh, trying to create that. And so we've got some stuff working on that. And then also giving uh, hydrogen companies that come to Oklahoma to do hydrogen production and then send them to use natural gas. Because, you know, Oklahoma has vast, abundant resources of natural gas. So if we can use our natural resources we already have here to go into hydrogen production, then all of the people that have, you know, jobs in oil and gas industry in Oklahoma will also benefit 
through the hydrogen industry as well. And so that's something we're looking at. And then lastly, uh, I have more, but one that I think that's important for people to know is uh, we're looking at the Natural Gas Reliability Act. And so, you know, I'm all for all of the above energy. I think it's important that we're diversified and we have, you know, a balanced approach. But, you know, some of these alternative energy sources are intermittent. And so, you know, if the wind's not blowing or if the sun's not shining, we have some issues. And we saw that a couple of years ago with the uh, the cold spell that we had. The uh, polar vortex. That's right. Texas really saw, yes, what, you know. no doubt. And so what we are looking at doing is what can we do to better protect our grid? And, you know, during the cold spells, do we need to have a corporation commission have a certain amount of natural gas in storage? That way we're better prepared and positioned. Kind of like a strategic oil reserve. That's correct. Natural but gas for our state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking into that. Now, like anything, that's going to cost a little extra money to have extra storage because you got to pay for it. But it's almost like insurance. Uh, you're going to use it down the road here. And so, but if we build up <coughs> extra storage only in the peak uh, risk situations, like, you know, maybe December through March, then we'll have a little extra storage built up. Whatever we don't use, we'll use the rest of the year. But uh, I think it's good insurance. You know, if we'd have done that a few years ago, I think we'd have been in a lot better situation than what happened. Yeah, we're going to be paying for that polar vortex for our grandchildren are going to be paying for for that. But, George, it always (laughs) comes back to money. You know, it always does. Would you rather pay a little extra now and avoid a future situation like we had a couple Mm -hmm. years ago? Or would you rather get the best price today and take that risk of another scenario that we had a couple years ago? So we'll keep keep an eye on that one. So uh, those will be coming up. Uh, so do we know what kind of budget we might be looking at yet? Is it still early to uh, to look at that? Oh, well, we can, we we'll start working on the budget and already as some of that work's being done. I've met, of course, I work on the uh, education A and B or appropriation and budget committee. We've already met with our agencies the first time. You know what what our preliminary we're hearing, and you can hear anything, but I think we're pretty close. We you know we think and in, in, that we'll be probably looking at another billion dollars surplus this time. And, uh, but so we're trying to really, you know, we put three, we have about three billion dollars in savings, which I am so tickled uh, that we do because anybody in this probably listening to radio this morning has been through the up and downs of oil and gas, which which our economy really bases heavy on. We want to be prepared. We don't go through that again. And so, you know, we want to keep money in there, but there's a point where we need to reduce the best we can. Uh, taxes, reduced cost in this own area. So we're we're looking at uh, trying to help out on lost mayors. We we've got a lot of our state employees that are way under plate paid, and I know every agency we met with that was part of their their talk is we need to have some raises for our employees. And so we're gonna we're gonna try to utilize that. We're gonna try to look at some tax breaks in there. Um, you know, everybody's got a way to spend money. That, that's never, it's never a shortage up there. Someone's got a way to, hey, I need this and I, and I can make money. And I have not seen a single one of them that has told me that if you give me more money, I can save us more. I can make, well, that's, you just got to kind of sort through it. But I think our numbers do look good right now. Uh, of course, we've got a new treasurer coming in uh, in January, but uh, Randy Dan- McDaniels has done a fi- fabulous job for us the last four years. And, uh, and uh, even though Todd Russes, which is one of kind of our local, is going to be the new treasurer, I told Randy I'm not very happy he's leaving, and he, he asked me why. And I said, since I've been here, you've been here, and we've had money. I like it. Let's <laughs> just do that. Um, Brad, you have some comments on that? Well, I'll tell you, it's such a better situation to me than when I first got elected. Yeah. You know, when I first got elected, we had a half a billion dollar deficit with zero money in savings. 
And so having a $3 billion surplus now with a, looking at another potential billion dollar surplus going in next year's budget, it's definitely a lot better position to be in. But, but we got to be smart and we got to be disciplined. And we know if we spend every dollar of that, and then we do have another downturn, then it's going to start going the other direction. And then we'll get back to being broke again pretty quick. So I think it's a balance. We, we definitely need to take care of state employees so that, you know, the private sector is, you know, they, they're having to adjust with inflation or they lose their employees. But if the state doesn't do the same thing, we won't have any people in the state to take care of the uh, the basic services that our, our citizens expect. So we definitely got to do something there. But as Dick was saying was, uh, you know, with inflation at 7 8% a year right now, uh, it doesn't make sense to keep, you know, hoarding billions of dollars in our, our surplus either. We want to do something to give inflation relief back to our citizens. Now, there's a debate on how we do that, whether it's uh, income tax reductions, whether it's grocery sales tax exemptions for the state level. There's a lot of different ways, and I think in the House, we're, we voted on all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're for some sort of inflation relief, but it's just a matter of what direction we go. But <coughs> excuse me. But I think that's very important, uh, giving something back to the citizens so that they have some inflation relief. Um, you're with the Energy Committee. Is it uh, chairman again? Yes. Well, they haven't announced the uh, committees. Okay. I'm hoping I will be. Okay. But uh, that's not official, so we're not sure what's going to happen. But uh, I, I was the last two years, and I hope to be in the future. Uh, right. And Senator Paxton in Grady County just got announced. He's a chair of energy for the for Senate. Senate. Yeah. All right. So uh, some leadership uh, from Grady County, the state capitol. Uh, that's, uh, that's good to see. All right. So we, we've had this uh, – these earthquake issues mm-hmm. in Grady County that's been widely publicized over the last couple of weeks. And we've, we've had some maybe energy-related earthquakes uh, for the last couple, three years. We have. It seemed like we had, there's been a swarm of earthquakes well, I'll uh, tell you, over the last, uh, within the last month or so. And especially in the, uh, the Bridge Creek, Western Blanchard, East Tuttle area. I mean, that area up there is a, a hotbed. And, uh, you know, ever since I got elected, we've had some issues up there for earthquakes or seismic activity. And um, and so it seems like it always happens at night on weekends because I get a call from the Corporation Commission and I'm like, what happened? You know, and it was never just a, hey, how are you doing? Hope you're having a good weekend. <laughs> you know, it's always a, an issue. Now, with, never a social call. Is that's it, right. The Corporation Commission. And call. then that's followed by yeah. about 30 calls from my Bridge Creek residents, you know. But uh, but in all seriousness, uh We've had some issues. For whatever reason, that geology in the Bridge Creek area is very sensitive. I mean, they're feeling earthquakes up there that no one else in Oklahoma feels at that level. You know, if it's like a 1.5 level or 2.0, you're not even supposed to even feel mm-hmm. a certain level. But they do. And it's not, you know, I mean, they they actually, you know, they're, their pictures on the walls are moving. Right. You're not even supposed to even know what happened. And so I don't know. We don't know why it's so sensitive there. But what we're trying to figure out is what kind of process can we put in place in that area that's extra special for that sensitive geology, but not make a statewide policy that doesn't really apply to the rest of the state. But, you know, take care of those people. And also, we're pro-energy. We want to take care – we want to make sure our energy sector, who have already made investments, don't lose all the money they've invested. But we also got to put some sort of procedures that – uh, is a lot higher requirements than what they have across the state everywhere else. Yeah. Unfortunately, District 51 over has moved, moved their earthquakes to 56 <laughs> here in the last month because it, I know in the Minko area 
west of Tuttle and Pocasset area. We've been been kind of plagued with that here, especially the last three weeks, four weeks in there. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm so tickled that we have people like Representative Bowles that have a background in this to take the lead on this. I mean, that that's one thing we find. I found up there after two years. We have people that are very specialized and understand areas and let them do their work. When it comes to agriculture and education, I, I get a lot of my peers call me and say, hey, you, we need you to do this or we need you to do that. And it's I, I'm, I'm just always telling and I know I, I, I kid Brad quite a bit on it, but uh, I'm, I'm very proud to have him there handling this for our people. And it's pretty unique to have possibly the two energy chairs from Grady County. And, and actually, I've even asked to be on the energy committee and get off one of the education committee <laughs> because I, I really, you know, our district is so heavy in oil and gas. But we're also heavy in wind and solar. And a lot of agriculture, which, uh, of course, Dick's yes. all about. So, I mean, in education. Since we're on the topic of agriculture, let's brag on the uh, Tuttle FFA livestock judging team, shall we? Oh, it, it is uh, such an, what an honor. Uh, actually, Representative Bowles and I had that team there when they won state and won Denver, actually, last year. We mm -hmm. had them on the House floor. Usually we'll bring athletes there, and I love athletes and, and so proud of their success and, and things they've done. But it was really special for me, being a no ag teacher, to have a set of ag kids on that on that floor of the house and get introduced to them. Well, that team went, went on. They had qualified to go to the national contest, and – and I kind of give them a hard time when I, when it's on the floor. I said, "Now go win the national. We'll have you back." And they did. <laughs> there you <laughs> and go. They did. And uh, so this past week, in a very unique situation, that Tuttle won the FFA national contest, uh, Northern Oklahoma College won the junior college contest, and my alma mater and the team that I was on way way a long time ago, the Oklahoma State University livestock team won the national senior college. It's the first time we can find in history that all three were won by one state. So we had them at the governor's mansion, and I was able to give them citations and honor them. And it, it was big. Uh, for, for an old livestock judge like me, I popped the buttons off my shirt to see that you happen. You bet. A big trifecta there for livestock judging teams. <clears throat> uh, briefly, uh, let's talk about uh, the governor's uh, new administration coming in, big inauguration coming up in a few weeks. So uh, what do you – what do you think is uh, down the pike for the governor? Well, well, there's a lot of things unknown right now. Uh, we know a few of his appointments, but we don't know because we'll have to have a new secretary of, of education because Ryan Walters was elected state superintendent. He has a new chief of staff, and I've met him about three weeks ago. Very impressed with that young man. Uh, you know, the main thing, I, I'm, a, I'm a very selfish Keep, he's got to keep the secretary or of ag. Yes. She's the best one I've worked with and best one I've known, and she does a fabulous job. Not only, not only she's one of our gals, but she is a great one. Blaine uh, Arthur, uh, who we talked about yeah, earlier. Blaine. Yeah, and, and so, you know, I don't know how much shakeup. we got a new energy secretary. New energy too. secretary. Uh, and I tell you, a lot of uh, the governor's appointees in a lot of his positions came from the private sector. And so whenever they came on to serve the state, it was kind of a a one or two year commitment, and so that's why you see a lot of turnover from these uh, secretaries is that they've served their couple of years and now they're going back in the private sector. So it's not turnover just because they had a falling out with the governor or the governor fired them because they didn't he didn't like what they're doing. It's they committed to serve the state for a couple of years and then they're going back into the sector that they they came from. 
Let's talk about the governor's announcement uh, just before the election about the uh, Clinton Sherman Air Force Base or Air Base. The, yeah. That's the old air base. It's yeah. the out, out uh, Burns Flat. Burns area. Flat, yeah. That, that has been one a very unused, underused, I guess is probably the correct term, of facilities that we have. And uh, we're excited to see some some something come in there. We, we spent some money in ARPA to try to get the infrastructure up. That was key. That was a problem. We couldn't get people who wanted to come in and invest in there. But I'm, I'm excited to see that investment. Um, we keep seeing the population move to Oklahoma City, Tulsa because we don't have those type of jobs out here. And so I'm excited to see Western Oklahoma, uh, which we really probably consider ourselves, start to see some investment in our area. Bringing up a company from Mexico. Yes, to, uh, yes. And, uh, so, some, uh, build some hangars initially mm-hmm. and then get some aircraft in there. And, 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 and I, it's, it's not something I've dealt heavy with, but I'm very excited about to see what that's going to be because uh, that's outside in money is going to be in, invested in our state. And, and that's economic development. We're all about that. And so, uh, you know, one thing I'll say with the governor, governor has worked hard to bring outside investment. Now, not, not everybody always agrees with all of it, and that's okay. Um, but, uh, but one thing I can say with the governor, Governor Stitt and I have a great re- relationship. We, uh, we work together. We, I kid him pretty hard, but uh, he knows how to take it. Most people that know me, I'm, I'm kind of a kidder. And he's, but uh, I, I want to talk about something you mentioned way up in the front of this show. You're talking about the interim because during that time, we can't make new laws and, and so on. But if something needs to be done, sometimes the governor can do an executive order. Well, we've been experiencing this drought, and we've had a little bit more issue, but we're not over it. We're not even close to being over it. And we were having, and there's still, you can't hardly drive our highways without seeing trucks with hay. Tremendous. Uh, Kansas and Texas had raised their weight limits for trucks to be able to carry more poundage, but Oklahoma hadn't. I had a call from one of the constituents that I hope was listening this morning, and uh, that call came in. He says, why, why can't we do this in Oklahoma? If we can put a few more tons on, we could lower this cost and help our, our farmers and ranchers. And I go, well, it just makes common sense. So I took that, called the governor's staff, ended up talking to the governor. We finally got the executive order passed where we raised that and let those come in. That's the way, And the governor, when we did that, he said, this is the way government's really supposed to work. And it started out so that that individual that had brought that to me, actually, we were at an event. And he got to see the governor. I introduced him. I said, Governor, this is where it started. And it started here in Grady County. We have people that, and, and I can talk just Grady, and I know uh, Brad, he's like me. We've got more than one county we work mm-hmm. with. But anytime someone has ideas, we're very open because we may, may not be affecting us personally and we understand it, but we be doing it. So I think some of our good ideas have come from our constituents. Yeah, I mean, some of the best ideas come from our constituents, and they're ideas that maybe we wouldn't have known about if they wouldn't have contacted us. And, and a lot of times, you know, they, they're calling in to complain. They're like, hey, we've got this problem. And then when you actually say, hey, well, let me try to help you, they're like, oh, you can actually help. We're like, you, well, that's, you can do that? that's our job. That's <laughs> yeah. what we're supposed to do. So anyone out there listening, I mean, if you have an issue, uh, we just don't assume that we already know that's an issue. You know, let us know because we won't know if you don't let us know. Right. It's all a grassroots effort, really, is what it's that's all right. about. So uh, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Got to be patient. But but it does come around. And I, that's one thing, as we talked about earlier, too. Uh, Brad and I are in our communities all the time. We were in the parade mm-hmm. here during the Christmas parade. We're, I'm, we're at events throughout. 
anytime you see us, talk to us because that's that's why we're there. We want to be accessible for our for our constituents out there. And then, it, like I said, sometimes I feel like I spend too much time. Miss Judy says I'm I'm not home very much, and she's starting to appreciate it. And that's starting to bother me a little <laughs> bit. No, no kidding. <laughs> but uh, but we we serve that time out in the communities. It's not to get pats on the back it's to get ideas and where we can help well and that's the best part of the job is helping others i mean that's why we do what we do all right gentlemen thank you for coming in today appreciate it very much happy holidays to you happy new year well merry and christmas uh, to you and everyone out christmas. there we will be in touch uh, during the upcoming legislative session for sure state representative dick Lowe of amber state representative brad bowles of marlowe on our program this week